Hey, hey, guys. Welcome into Sports Tonight. Emily Gagnon here writing solo. It's Wednesday, September 6th. And for any of you waiting for NFL football 24 hours away, so take a deep breath and just know at this time tomorrow, you'll only be a couple hours away from being able to watch NFL football between the Chiefs and the Lions. But before we start talking about the NFL, specifically the Falcons since we're in Atlanta. We're going to talk about the Braves who dropped their series opener against the Cardinals yesterday. Uh, 10 to 6, that was the final. They've lost two games in a row. They lost uh, on Sunday at the Dodgers. Then they lost last night against the Cardinals. I'm not looking too deep into that. But, you know, they don't do that very often. Um, but they've won seven series in a row, guys. And they've reached 90 wins. I said it yesterday. They're 10 away from 100 win season. I absolutely think they're going to hit it. They've got so much ball still to play before the postseason starts. So this Braves team is going to hit 100 wins. There are so many records they're running after right now, um, not just as a team, but individually. Um, so many of those players right now are doing very, very well. Um, Matt Olson is having the season of a lifetime. It'll be interesting to see if he ever has a season like he is uh, this year. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. obviously said records. Um, but the bigger story out of last night's game and possibly that could, you know, very well could affect the team um, as they get deep into the playoffs, which I'm going to assume they're going to do. Um, Michael Soroka, who we all know fought his way back to the bump for the Braves, hadn't pitched. Uh, he pitched last night, but you know he pitched a few times for the Braves uh, this this season. But before that, he his last time pitching was in 2020. He went through two Achilles injuries, uh, the same one, and he had three different surgeries to get back to being able to pitch for his major league team. Um, you know, Braves country, I said it last night on TV, they are so much behind him because they want him to be the comeback king. They want him to be able to come back and come back to, uh, you know, the shape that he was in back in 2019. He was a rookie of the year candidate that year. He was almost the Braves ace. I mean, they put him out on the mound in big games, um, expected him to do big things for the club. And then he was injured and um, has been fighting his way back ever since. But he he, um, entering last night's game, he had made five starts for the Braves, played in six games this season. He, you know, was at AAA, Gwinnett, um, up and down, sent back up and down um, all season. So last night he got a chance to pitch. He was called up yesterday morning, but he was only able to pitch three innings. Uh, he came out of the game with numbness in his fingers. That's what uh, we were told after the game. Not good. Uh, placed on the injured list. Um, it appears he will be on there the rest of the season. So you hate to see this for Soroka, who... Number one, like I said, fought his way back from two Achilles injuries, and now he's dealing with numbness uh, in his fingers. And this could affect the rotation uh, for the Braves as, I said, uh, they go into the playoffs here in a month. October baseball starts. Uh, that You know, in that rotation, um, he, he very well, had he pitched well last night or been able to stay in the game and, and not be injured, he very well could have, you know, stayed with the club and, and made a difference in October. But uh, for now, it does not appear that that will happen. 
So uh, the rest of the season right now kind of up in the air for him, but it does not look good. Um, Brian Snicker saying that he thinks it's a pretty big deal after the game. So that tells me that Soroka is more than likely out the rest of the season. Um, so they lost game one against the Cardinals, game two tonight, 7:20 from Truist Park. Uh, this weekend, guys, pretty big deal on Saturday. Andrew Jones, the former Braves outfielder, uh, one of the best outfielders, if you ask me, that's ever played the game. His number will be retired at Truist Park Saturday. Um, the Braves are hosting the Pirates this weekend. So number 25 will never be worn by another Brave again which is very, very cool. Big deal for him. Uh, basically, the only thing left to do at this point is have his, uh, but beyond having his number retired, is uh, him going to the Hall of Fame. I sat down with him last night, and he said if that ever happens, it would be a plus-plus. Um, and I'm the one who had to bring it up. He certainly didn't. It's not like he's walking around saying that he should be in the Hall of Fame. He said if it ever happens, it would be a plus-plus for him. But if it doesn't, he'll still be the same person, and that's what I liked most about talking to him last night is, he just says, you know, I, I, I want to make people better. I want to be a better person every day. And that's really where he finds his happiness is, is the fact that he wants to better himself, better the people around him, whether he gets into the Hall of Fame or not. But on Saturday, a very well-deserved day for him. We talked. I mean, it's crazy. Um, he helped the Braves reach the playoffs every year from 1996 through 2005. They never missed a postseason, and he was on the team the entire time. He has 10 gold gloves, five all-star appearances, one silver slugger award. I could go on and on and on. Andrew Jones, I think, might still be the youngest player to ever hit a home run in a World Series, and that was a while ago. So um, he has records upon records upon records, still not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he might never get there. Chipper Jones, his teammate, um, who obviously is still very good friends, the Joneses, they... Um, hang out all the time. They, they come back to the Braves during spring training and coach. Uh, they hang out. And, and, you know, Chipper always says, you know, he thinks Andrew should be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, he's a big supporter of that. But that has yet to happen. Um, so we will see. I think he's 45 or 46 years old. Um, he hasn't played in a while. But, uh, you know, I, I, I asked him if he, he had anything left that he wanted to accomplish, anything he still wanted to do with baseball. And, you know, he just said, I just want to be a better person every day and that was it and of course I had to bring up the Hall of Fame and like I said he just said uh, if it happens it happens but he's not sweating it too much what was funny though is that he said because uh, I asked him how he felt ahead of Saturday and he's like you know I'm happy I want my friends and family uh, to be able to enjoy the night it's not so much about me it's about them um, and they suck you know they stuck around during my career and did so much for me and I was like are you nervous and he said nothing makes him nervous and then by the end of our interview he said I would be nervous if I made it into the Hall of Fame. So that would be one thing that would make Andrew Jones nervous, which I think was pretty cool. All right, NFL time, guys. Falcons, Panthers on Sunday. Game one, 1 p.m. kick from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Getting the season started with an NFC South showdown. Bryce Young at quarterback for the Panthers. So a lot of interest in this, in this game beyond just the Falcons. Um, I know a ton of Alabama fans live in Atlanta uh, or around Atlanta, uh, we might see a lot of people with Alabama jerseys on during that game. So um, it'll be interesting to see how many Panthers fans show up or just Bryce Young fans in general. 
Uh, but for the Falcons, you know, it's a new era starting as far as Desmond Ritter's concerned. Sure, he was the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the last few games last season. But now it truly is his team and wins and losses are starting to count. And yeah, we only saw him in one series during um, the preseason. So now we'll see him in several series and we'll see Bijan Robinson uh, in several series and Kyle Pitts. So uh, Drake London, we'll see how this offense really looks. We'll get an idea of how this offense really looks after week one. Um, but one interesting thing today, uh, Wednesday is usually the day where a lot of the team meets with media. And um, the Falcons released their depth chart for week one. And um, there was a J on the depth chart that, that was uh, Cordero Patterson's position, J, which does not exist. And the Falcons said they came up with J, and it stands for Joker. And Arthur Smith, the head coach, said that that's because the Joker, um, you know, can do many things. And, and it's a nod um, to the famed comic book character. And since Patterson can play several positions, he is the Joker for J. So now, obviously, um, the starting running back position, you know, will, will more than likely not be Patterson's uh, anytime soon. It'll be Bichon's. Uh, so, you know, I expect uh, Cordero to see a ton of playing time, but how they use him, that will be up to uh, Coach Smith. But obviously he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's a special teams beast. Um, whether he still wants to do that or wants to add to his record, we will see. But they don't want to put him back there very often in case of injuries. Uh, he is a little older. But listen, if you ask Cordero, you know, about kick returns and punt returns and all the things, you know, he acts like he's 21 and he wants to be back there doing it. So if he adds another kick return um, to his NFL record, I would not be surprised. But don't expect to see it very often. But he will definitely be one of Desmond Ritter's weapons this season. Um, he's the vet on the team. Nothing shakes him. In big moments, you can put him in and you can expect him to score. So uh, when other younger players around him uh, aren't getting it done, I'm sure the Falcons will lean on Cordero uh, to help them out. All right, guys, I'm going to move on to Makai Muse, who I need to give a shout-out to. He plays for UGA, and a lot of you might not know who he is. Unless you watch the game Saturday, then you certainly know who he is. Um, you know, I don't know how much we'll see him this season. I hope we see him a ton, but he was able to get some playing time against UT Martin in the second half, um, and he scored a 54-yard touchdown. He's a walk-on. And I loved seeing it. He was able to go to an FCS school or a couple of FCS schools. He had offers from other schools, but he decided to walk on to Georgia. And um, his teammates, head coach Kirby Smart, you know, explained uh, how hard he works and how much they've seen him uh, put in time during the offseason and leading up to the season. And, you know, Kirby wanted to give him some actual time on the field. And once he was on the field, he showed everyone at Sanford 
Stadium and whoever was watching the game that he, uh, if you give him the ball, he will deliver. I think he ended up with just under 80 yards um, on the game, but had a huge touchdown, one of the biggest plays of the game. So Makai Muse, a walk-on for UGA. If he continues to play like this, continues to do uh, the best he can or the most he can with his opportunities, by the end of the season, he might have a scholarship, which, you know, those are always fun to watch those videos that teams put out when coaches or players like surprise their players with um, a full ride. But uh, that would be great to see if Makai Muse continued to play, continued to surprise, if he himself could get a full ride to UGA, Um, because he's certainly working as hard as all the other guys. He might just not get as much playing time. um, But if I were uh, you know, Kirby and, and, and everybody else, all the other coaches, uh, I would certainly be very impressed with what I saw after Saturday's game. But again, you've got to wonder how much he will get used in those big moments against an Auburn, against a Tennessee. And, and quite frankly, if he continues to play the way he is, he might just get those opportunities. Moving on to what's on my mind today. Well, guys, I talked about it. I think it was either yesterday or the day before that I talked about Georgia Tech uh, losing to Louisville. You hated to see it because by halftime you felt good about that game. You felt good about, um, you know, the Brent Key era and, and, you know, the fact that there was a new quarterback uh, starting for Georgia Tech. Uh, They ended up losing and, and, you know, they didn't do much in that second half and that was the reason why they lost um but now this year and that was at mercedes-benz stadium but for home games at bobby dodd stadium this year they're doing what they're calling hell of a block party and these are literally block parties on campus um, for students for fans to enjoy ahead of the game they're trying to get more fans out to games they're trying to have alumni and and the students have more fun and encourage you know more tailgating and all that stuff um, to get more fans to come to these games so dj envy he is going to be the first pregame concert in the history of georgia tech for their new um, celebration that they're having ahead of games. So I want to know how much this truly helps attendance at games. I I hope it does. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's hard when you've got a home game here in Atlanta at Georgia Tech and a home game in Athens at UGA. Obviously, you have very strong fan bases separately, for, for Tech and for UGA, but for people who are just trying to enjoy college football and maybe go to a game, and um, would they want to go to a Tech game or a UGA game given the opportunity? I know where I would go, but maybe this would pull a few extra fans, you know, being able to go tailgate and have a good time before um, a game. So it's happening this Saturday before they kick, and uh, it's a new idea brought on by you know, the new coaching staff and, and the new AD over there, again, just trying, the new AD who came from Alabama, by the way. So there's a history there of being successful at tailgating, but um, we'll see if this this works, helps attendance, helps Georgia Tech get more people in the stands. And, you know, I don't want to say attendance necessarily helps a team win, but it certainly is easier uh, to win a game when you have people cheering for you and it might give you an extra boost during games. Uh, And Georgia Tech might need that at times this year. So 
We'll check back with you in a few weeks to let you know if it's working or if it's not or how it's going or if it's fun. Um, but until then, guys, have a great night. Enjoy some NFL football tomorrow. Uh, the NFL season kicking off week one finally here. Have a good night.